0: This is First to the Flag, a chance to catch up with the stars of the NTT IndyCar Series and share their stories, insights, and experiences about their first major open-wheel victory. Here's Nick Yeoman. Hello, and thanks for joining us for a special presentation from the IndyCar Radio Network. I'm Nick Yeoman. This is First to the Flag. We sit down with some of IndyCar's best drivers to take a look back at their first career IndyCar win with broadcast highlights helping to tell the story. Today on First of the Flag, we look back at June 18, 2000 and karts running of the Tenneco Automotive Grand Prix of Detroit on the raceway on Belle Isle. June of 2000 was a tumultuous time for open wheel racing during the split. In the week leading up to the race in Detroit, Carts' president and CEO Andrew Craig had resigned with Bobby Rahal being named the interim president and CEO. And as for the rival Indy Racing League, in June of 2000, their drivers and teams were busy licking their wounds after Chip Ganassi and Juan Montoya delivered a dominant performance as an interloper in the 84th running of the Indianapolis 500. On track in Detroit, all the attention was on Montoya, who secured a pole position over Dario Franchitti. Behind Montoya and Franchitti on the starting lineup sat a pair of Penske teammates. The eventual 2000 Series champion, Gilles DeFerrin, on the outside of row two, And on the inside, a 25-year-old Brazilian in just his third year of major open-wheel racing by the name of Elio Castroneves, who was desperately trying to jumpstart his first year with Team Penske. Entering the Detroit weekend, Elio had just one top-ten finish in his first six starts for the captain, so the pressure was on the jubilant driver from Sao Paulo, Brazil to perform in the Motor City. On this episode of First of the Flag, you'll hear race broadcast audio from ESPN with former IMS radio anchor Paul Page on the call, as well as audio from the Cart Radio Network with Tom Michaels and Ned Wicker on the call of the opening lap of the 2000 Grand Prix of Detroit.
1: And here we are, we've got the cars coming down. at our position just past start finish. Down into turn one, Juan Montoya, followed by Dario Franchitti, tucking in behind the two Team Marlboro cars, the number three car, that is Elio Castro Neves, who is in the number three car, and then Gilles De and they head down into turn three. Here's a move by uh, Max Pappas. And Max
2: Pappas coming up on the outside. He's battling Kenny Brack. He's around Kenny Brack and setting his sights ahead. We also got a good start that's... uh, Uh, Oriol Servia in the yellow Telefonica car had a good start as well. So lots of jockeying for position here in the early going, Tom.
1: Continuing on, looking back in the field a bit, Roberto Moreno continuing to run strong there. He is right behind Kenny Brick. The rest of the field headed down that straightaway as they move their way down toward turn number seven. That is right there by the casino turns. Jimmy Vassar makes a move, gets around the car, of Alex Tagliani, but back at the front of the field, as a matter of fact, back in the back of the field, Paul Tracy is trying to get around Adrian Fernandez in a great battle between guys who shouldn't be back there.
2: Well, indeed, Paul Tracy's had trouble qualifying all year long, but remember Long Beach, he came from 17th position to finish first. A great run for him on the streets, but right now he's just got his hands full as the battle in the back of the pack is Torres. Continuing on, Juan
1: Montoya with that lead. Second place belonging to Mario Franchitti. Two tied too as far as the times went, as far as qualifying went right there at the top. You just don't expect that kind of a thing to happen. But here we go, watching as those two guys battle at
0: the front. Montoya would have no problem leading the entire first stint to Detroit as Franchitti and Castroneves would give chase. On the first round of stops, a long pit stop for Franchitti's team green crew would be the opening Castro Neves needed to move into second with 55 laps to go. The second round of pit stops, however, would be anything but routine as Elio and his teammate Jill DeFerrin would pit on the same lap with a host of other cars with the leader Montoya coming in the following lap.
1: Here's Larry Henry. Yeah, we've got Elio Navis. He'll hit his pit stall first. Gilda Farron's got to go around and make the sharp right hand into his pit stall. Both have come to a stop. Four tires going on Navis. Four tires now going on Gilda Farron to our right. No adjustments are being made on Navis. Waiting to see Gilda Farron. No adjustments on the Castro Navis out, still waiting for the fuel on Gilda Farron. Finally, they disconnect, he has to wait because Paul Tracy cut in front of him. Now we got him three wide going out of the pit area. Oh, let's hope they made it. Right now, still three wide, and Paul Tracy, Tracy's having a problem getting set up in the pits. They had to rock the car back and forth, and there has been a major problem
3: there to Jim Murphy. Well, the problem was when Paul got in, he had to get around Elio castro but or Gilles LeFerrin, but the problem is they got the car in at an angle then everything stalled, now they couldn't get the fuel hoses hooked up, his day just went from bad to okay, now to just downright a mess. He's there waiting and waiting, he's still on the pit lane, he's waiting for all the fuel, they've got him hooked up, now he's lit the tires, he's underway, But that was a horrible stop for Paul Tracy. Well, it could have
1: been more of a disaster for a number of people, simply because of what we saw there with those three wide coming out of the pits momentarily, but everything winds up okay, and we've still got Jim Murphy in the pits as Juan Montoya is in. Here's
3: your leader Juan Montoya comes screaming in, the tires up and the brakes. Everybody, Rob Hill and the crew at work, everything nice and clean, new tires, engages the clutch, they've got him off the jack, they're waiting on the fuel, you hear the engine. They send him on his way, Juan Montoya.
0: With the pit strategy done, and the checkered flag waiting in just 25 laps, it appeared smooth sailing for Montoya, had built up a big lead over second place running Castro Neves along with DeFerrin and Christian Fittipaldi whose battle for third was about to spill over right as Montoya's day would flip upside down.
1: So it's Montoya, Castro Neves, Roberto Moreno was able to slot in into third place and Mark Wendell they've been reporting that he may have some problems. Montoya gives up the lead only briefly. And Montoya slows down. Montoya heads for the pits. And Blundell gets in trouble. It looks like it's with Elio Castroneves and Christian Fittipaldi. I think that's Jill DeFerrin actually, Paul. That is DeFerrin.
2: And Christian's saying, what's up? Gary. Apparently a problem with the rear tire. They are changing all four tires. They don't know if the differential may have broken somehow. So two conflicting go, go, go. reports. No, the official says no. Ganassi now telling him no. They're looking at the half shaft there, Gary. Montoya is oh, yeah. saying the car feels really weird. If there's something wrong with a half shaft, that would explain weirdness. You could see the inner the inner ball joint, the inner rings there that hold the half shaft to the gearbox have come apart.
0: The misfortune for Montoya would be exactly what Castroneves and Team Penske needed. And after surviving a couple late restarts and a charge from Max Pappas, Elio would stare down career win number one.
1: Looking for the white flag. Jim Swintel shows the white flag is out. One lap to go and uh, waiting for Max Pappas there. He is quickly down for Adolfier Murphy.
3: Well, I'm down here in the middle of Team Penske and it's like standing in the middle of a time bomb watching the counter click down. They picked up the white flag that time by, the cheering started, the party began, now they're back to holding their fingers, crossing their toes, and simply just not breathing. They can't wait, they love this kid, everybody loves this guy, this is gonna be an extremely popular victory, just a few more corners left for Elio Neves. So many times last year, he was so very fast, he won poles, he ran quickly for Hogan Racing, but it was not to be, it was always a DNF, some kind of a mechanical, but right now, He's very, very close to picking up his first kart victory, and I think among kart fans, it'll be very popular if that happens.
1: Right now, working the casino turns one last time, it's the number three Marlboro Penske car. Two Penskes were up there in the top three for much of this race. Gilles De Ferran came a cropper of another car's incident, but right now, the team's colors are being held and held well by the young man from Brazil. Works it down through turn 11, then 12, turn 13, and one more, and he will see the twin checkered flags from Jim Swintel. Jim Swintel is eyeing the number three car. Here it comes, twin checkered flags, the winner of the Tentaco Automotive Grand Prix of Detroit. That is Elio Castro Neves. The race has been run, and the race has been won by Elio Neves, who is as excited as any victor I have ever seen, I believe. He popped out of the car as it came to a stop, ran to the fence, fence, and just was high-fiving people through the fence, which is not necessarily the
3: easiest thing to do, Ned Wicker. No, it isn't, but what the jubilation goes, he just jumped out of the car, he's climbing the fence, and uh, celebrating with his fans. This
2: is Bedlam down here. We knew it would be
3: nothing other than that.
2: They're trying to get him over here to the victory podium. Ina Bronan, who of course runs the Marlboro Racing Program, had a surprise birthday party Friday night. Her weekend has been capped off now in great fashion. Tim Sindrick, new to this team, whispering in the ear of Haleo. Now his sister who is here, who's on a cell phone, tears of joy, the change of hats, They want to get you up here on the podium where everybody can see you, Elio. But I know that you've got to be savoring this moment like none other in your racing career. He's talking to somebody here, his native country, I'm sure. It's got to be his family.
0: We're going to follow him up here. Oh, man.
2: You, You live for times like this, and we share it, and I'm not I'm not uh, so proud that I can't admit that as he comes to his knees in front of us here now to acknowledge the roar of the crowd, the photographers, the emotion in this man has been bottled up. We told you he hadn't said anything the last 10 laps. Elio, let's talk about this particular moment. What does it mean to break through and now savor your first victory in championship auto racing competition? I don't know how I'm feeling, feeling great.
4: I have to thank so many people. Of course, Marlboro. Honda gave a great engine. Firestone. Of course, I have to thank all my sponsors. <laughs> I, I thank you, Roger, and my fans, needed to support me. I,
2: I did it! I did it! <laughs> when you stopped out there and you ran yeah. and you jumped up on the fence, you were saluting the fans. What a great way to acknowledge
4: their backing! I tell you, man. It's it just me. I I hope I keep all the same, and I hope all the fans still support me. I mean. I, could, I I I don't believe, but I believe actually <laughs> because it happened. So, just thank you, everybody. Thanks. In a race
2: where so many bizarre things happened, we had a tear off go through a turbocharger. We had a half shaft brake on another car. You had a brake duck sideline, Another guy a pit injury. You had to be concerned about a variety of things. Gearboxes taking a pounding. Brakes. What was your biggest worry today?
4: Well, uh, I was taking care of fuel. Fuel was the basic. A lot of things. Team Cindric told me. Save few since the beginning of the race, and I did it. And uh, of course, I would, uh, I would like to have a challenge with Juan. Uh, I feel sorry what happened, but hey, I'll take it. This is, this is happening. I'll take it. Ninety-four podiums, fifty-five poles,
0: thirty-one wins, and four triumphs at Indianapolis. Later. It's one of the best careers in the modern era of open-wheel racing, but Elio admits June 18, 2000 will always stand out as one of the most special days in his career for a multitude
4: of reasons. Yeah, I think I started P3 or P2. I'm, I'm, I don't remember uh, the start, but I was in the top three, and um, I think um, it was me and, and Montoya was actually battling, and he his car just broke something, a CV joint or something, a yellow came in, and we just started going. And all of a sudden, finally, I'm um, leading the race. I know Max Pappas was second. And I'm like, all right, I I, I, I got this. I just got to hit the marks, make sure everything is fine. And uh, as soon as I crossed the finish line, oh, man, it was, uh, uh, I couldn't. I just want to get out of the car as soon as possible. And uh, I was supposed to go to the victory circle. They did say that on uh, on the driver's meeting. But obviously, I did not understand or I didn't ask any question. So, what happened is subconscious that nineteen ninety nine my car broke down right at the finish line, I guess I ended up stopping there, probably because last year the year before I stopped it. But when I look around, I didn't see the cameras or the mechanics or or the team. nobody was there. I was like, but I look at my left, the crowd was going crazy, and I turned out that situation which was a mistake to to celebrate with the fans and um I can I remember it, like yesterday, I can see on the other side of the fence, fans are like some are excited, some are like, what the heck is this guy doing here? It was it was uh, <clears throat> really cool. <clears throat> and back then, uh Bob Reha was the, the president of uh, CART and he's like, Man, that was that was a great celebration. But they did say in a drive's meeting, whoever did not uh show up at the Victory Circle or follow the protocols would get a fine. And uh Joel Heisley was the uh See uh, uh, the person that was representing a uh, cart back then. And um, I, I did write a check, um, but he in front of me ripped off the check and said, like, okay, you and Zanardi are the only ones that can celebrate, but that's it, nobody else. And uh, turned out to be a, a a great way of celebration. From all of us at the IndyCar Radio
0: Network, we hope you've enjoyed this look back at Elio Castroneves' first IndyCar win in the 2000 Grand Prix of Detroit. Make sure to visit IndyCarRadio.com for more information on how you can enjoy more race broadcasts from yesteryear, as well as schedules and live streaming audio, so you can join us live at the track on IndyCar Race Weekends. From all of us at the IndyCar Radio Network, I'm Nick Yeoman, and we'll talk to you again soon with another trip down memory lane with First of the Flag. The preceding was an exclusive copyrighted
4: presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.